Thanks for joining us again for Word of Joy. And um, this is our second podcast ever. And we're going to continue talking about Psalm 37 today and waiting for the Lord. And those seasons are times in our lives when it just seems like God is not moving or heaven is silent. How, how do we live during those times when we are such people of action and we want quick results? Last week, last time, we talked about trusting in the Lord and and what that looks like and those three indicators that we are indeed trusting in the Lord and He is the focus of our trust, that doing good, being obedient, to dwell in the land or to stay where God has allowed you to be because He is doing a work in you. And then thirdly, to delight yourself in the Lord. That means be conformed to Him as let Him change your heart and change your desires. And then verse 4 says, and He will give you the desires of your heart not because he is some santa claus in the sky granting our every wish but because our desires are now lined up they are in line with him but the psalmist goes on and he talks about resting in the lord verse 7 says rest in the lord and wait patiently for him fret not yourself because of him who prospers in his way because of the man who carries out wicked schemes cease from anger and forsake wrath. Fret not yourself. It only leads to evil doing. Just in that little short passage there, the, the key words that stand out to me are rest, wait, and fret not. So let's explore those three words under the umbrella of resting in the Lord. And what does rest actually mean? When we think of resting, we we kind of think of ceasing to do anything, to just sit down and do nothing. And yet in the Hebrew, the word rest means stand still and be silent. Psalm 46.10 says, cease striving or be still and know that I am God. Sometimes when, when it just seems like God is silent or we are waiting, we get frantic and we are wringing our hands and we are wondering what comes next and we are panicking about the next, the next move we're supposed to make and God's not talking. He says, just settle down, just be quiet and understand that who God is and that he really is in control. He really does have a plan. He really is working on his own timetable. We are to rest in that. We're to be still in that because in the frantic moving moments of our lives, we're not absorbing the greatness of God. And when we, when we rest, he's able to adjust our thinking. He's able to adjust our attention and put us back onto the truth of who he is. And that he really is in control. And the psalmist says, rest in the Lord and wait patiently. And there's that word patiently that we don't like. And certainly I don't live out often. But to wait patiently on him. That word wait in the Hebrew is often translated to hope. To put our hope in the Lord. And to hope in the Lord is not wishful thinking, but it is an anticipation, a confident anticipation that God will do what he has already promised to do. And sometimes, sometimes he'll scare us to death while we're waiting. I remember one time I was talking with my very wise dad, and, and I, was, I was waxing eloquent about this waiting and hoping in the Lord, and I was just going to trust the Lord. And my dad didn't even look up. He was reading the newspaper. He didn't even look up. He said, but sometimes he will scare you to death. 
And sometimes he does scare us to death. My pastor often says God is never late and he is rarely early. And we don't always like that, but we are to wait. We are to rest. We're to put our hope and our confidence in him. That, that hope, not in that, that he will grant our every wish, but that he will do what he has promised to do. But then the psalmist says, fret not. And he says it twice in two verses, fret not yourself. It means don't be anxious. And the reason we're not to be anxious is it will lead us to wrong actions. Fret not yourself. It only leads to evil doing. Sometimes we become fretful. We become anxious when we look around and we think everybody else's life is going somewhere. Everybody else is moving up the ladder faster than we are. Everyone else is getting their prayers answered. Everyone else has a better opportunity than I do. And we begin to fret and we become anxious and we we take our eyes off the Lord and we put them on circumstances or people and it leads us to either being impulsive or, or vindictive or frustrated or angry and we it leads us into wrong action and the Lord is saying be still rest refocus on who I am and my tame timetable wait put your hope and your confidence in me and you know we have to know God's word to understand what his promises are to understand what he has promised to do we know it by reading it, by meditating on it, by, by learning it. It gives us this time to just readjust and to focus. He says, fret not. I am at work. I do have your best interest at heart. When my youngest son was about four years old, and we lived in East Tennessee. We took an afternoon as a family, the four of us, and we went up to the Smoky Mountain National Park. And there's this place in the towns inside of the Smoky Mountains that uh, the locals call the Y. It's not a YMCA, it's just where the river converges and they call it the Y. And there's a little beach area there and, and the river's not deep, it's not terribly tumultuous and, and people rent inner tubes and we would tube down that little stretch of the river. So we took the boys on a Saturday morning, and, and we got there. We had our inner tubes, and, and Micah was just a little, a little kid. And, and that Saturday morning was um, unusual. It was crowded. There were a lot of very unusual people there, people that he wasn't accustomed to seeing. There was a motorcycle gang there, and, and they looked unusual to him, and they were kind of loud. And, and one of them had a huge black Labrador retriever, and Micah was terrified of dogs at the time. And that Labrador retriever was just dancing and prancing up and down the bank of that river, and he was just having frolicking and having such a great time. And the water was a little bit higher. It, it rained, and, and so all of those things together frightened my son. But my husband got down into the river and he put the inner tube in. He said, son, if you'll just come and sit in my lap, I'll put my arms around you and I'll hold on to you and, and we'll just have a great time together and we'll go down these little little rapids and, and it'll just be such a fun thing. And, and he talked my son into getting into his lap and sure enough, my husband who was 6'4", he put those big old long arms around my son and just held him tight. But as they got out into the middle of the river, Micah saw those unusual people. He saw the water, and he saw that dog, and he became terrified. And instead of staying in the safest place he could be, he jumped out of his father's arms and into that river. 
And while that river would not have overwhelmed an adult, it certainly overwhelmed a little four-year-old boy, and we frantically went in after him. Oddly, so did the Labrador retriever. And as Micah was floating down that river, he finally grabbed a hold of a rock, and just as he pulled himself up out of that water, that Labrador retriever came to get him, and Micah was face-to-face with that big black dog, and he let go of the rock again and was swept down the river. By the time we got to him, we were exhausted and terrified, and we scooped that kid up. We packed up our stuff, and we went home. But you know, that's what we do. We are in the safest place we can be when we are in the Father's arms, when we are in that relationship with Almighty God who is not depending on us to hold on to Him, but He is holding on to us. And when we get our eyes off of Him and we are looking at the water and the people and the things that frighten us and everything around us seems tumultuous and we are just doing something fretful. We become anxious and we jump into the very thing that he is trying to save us from. The psalmist says when we are waiting for God, when it looks like there's movement everywhere else except with us, stay put, rest, wait, hope, and fret not. And then the psalmist finally says inherit from the Lord. Trust in the Lord, Rest in the Lord, and now thirdly, inherit from the Lord. Six times in Psalm 37, the psalmist uses the word inherit. The psalmist says that the righteous will inherit the land. Now remember, the psalmist is talking to Israelites, and indeed, they have inherited a physical piece of property. They have inherited the land of Canaan. And an inheritance means something that is rightfully yours based on a relationship. And God has given them this land, and he wants them to live fully in the land, in a land of abundance. And he says, as we are waiting, as we are trusting, as we are hoping, Hoping in the Lord, if we are not out doing fretful things, anxious things, then we are going to inherit the land. But wait a minute. We live on this side of the cross, and I don't think anybody's given me land in the Middle East. So what does that say to me? As believers in Christ, we have not inherited a land, but we have inherited a life, a life in Christ. Ephesians chapter 1 is is one of my favorite chapters, or really one of my favorite books in all of Scripture. And you can go through the first three chapters of Ephesians, and it is like a laundry list of who we are and what we have in Christ. Verse 3 of chapter 1 says, You have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. That's the land. We have the blessing of Christ because we have Christ and we are to live, we are to inherit the fullness of his blessings. He is not going to take it away. He's not going to revoke it. It is ours and we have it to the fullest. When we read those blessings that we have, we, we live in the promises that God has given us because we have a relationship with Christ. When my husband died, the promises of God were so, so meaningful to me. He was so clear in his direction for my life and his love for me, that he would never leave me, he would never forsake me, that he had a plan and a purpose, and that he could make a roadway in the wilderness, and that all this turmoil and stress and trauma in my life, that God was somehow going to use it to bring glory to him, and he would use it in my life, and that I could call on him, and he would answer me, and that he knew the plans that he had for me. All these promises of God were not mine because I had 
had great faith, but because they were part of my inheritance in Christ. And we inherit from the Lord. And we understand that inheritance as we wait. But there's two, there are two aspects of an inheritance. Something is given, but something must be received. God has given us Christ. He has given us his word. He has given us the promises, but we have to walk in them. We have to receive them as our own. This truth came home to me so clearly as I was studying this passage years ago. I was at my mother's house in Chattanooga, and she called me into her bedroom, and she said, Hey, Jennifer, I got something I, I want to give to you. And she opened her jewelry box, and she took out this little leather pouch, and she dumped into her hand beautiful diamonds. And she held up a ring, and, and she said, I want you to have this. And I recognized that ring. It belonged to my great aunt, Minnie. Now, Aunt Minnie had lived with my mother for the last 20 years or so of her life, and my mother had been her friend and her caregiver all those years, and we loved Aunt Minnie. She was funny, she was generous, uh, she was smart, and, and she had passed away, and these were her diamonds, and that ring was her engagement ring that my Uncle Bill had given her, and after he passed away, she took that ring, and she had it made into a beautiful dinner ring. And my mother was offering me, giving me that beautiful ring. And I looked at it and I said, oh, mama, no, no, I cannot take that ring. That's your ring. Aunt Minnie gave that to you. You took care of her. She loved you. You, you, you keep that ring. I don't want that ring. And my mother said, but Jennifer, I want you to have the ring. Oh, no, Mom, I, I cannot possibly take that ring. If you've got to give it to somebody, give it to Karen. She likes diamonds. That's my sister. Give it to her. Karen has diamonds. I want you to have this ring. Here, here, Jennifer, try it on. Just try it on. And I tried it on. And I said, look, see, it's too big. There's, there's no way I could wear this ring. And my mother so graciously said, I'll, I'll get it sized for you. I'll, I'll take care of that for you. Oh, no, Mama, I cannot take this ring. You see, I thought I was being noble or altruistic. I, I, I wanted my mom to have this ring from Aunt Minnie. And my mother was trying to give it to me. And she finally gave up, and she took that ring, and she put it back in that little pouch. And she said, Jennifer, it's your ring. Whenever you're ready, you can have it. And I left that day, and, and I thought, well, I'll never be ready for that ring. That's my mother's ring. I'm not taking that ring. And then I began to study this passage of Scripture about inheriting the land that the blessings are ours, that God has given us the promises of Christ. And yet we must receive what is already ours, and we must open those gifts, and we must exercise it. And I felt like the Lord so tenderly said to me that morning, Jennifer, you do to me what you did to your mother. You look at me and you say, no, thanks, God. I know, I know I have grace, but I, I don't really need it right now. I think I can do this on my own. No, Lord, no, Lord. I know that you can give me patience, but I would just uh, rather be fretful. Forgive? Oh, yes, I know you, you've forgiven me, and I can forgive others, but I just want to be mad right now. I don't want to forgive. He seemed to say to me, Jennifer, you have all of these things at your disposal, and you are so bent on doing it alone, doing it by yourself, doing it your way, when I am right here offering you life, offering you 
peace and grace and wisdom and forgiveness, and you are turning me away like you have turned away your mother. And that day as I studied this passage, I got on my face before the Lord, and I said, God, forgive me for not living in the inheritance that is already mine. And I got up, and I got on the phone, and I said, hey, Mama, I think I'm ready for that ring. And not too many days later, we met halfway in Sweetwater at a Cracker Barrel, and she gave me my Aunt Minnie's ring. And every time I look at that ring, I think of my funny, wonderful Aunt Minnie and my generous mother. But I think about the goodness of God and all that he has given me in Christ, my salvation, my redemption, forgiveness, the Holy Spirit, being part of the body of Christ, all of those gifts and blessings that are listed in Ephesians chapter 1 are mine because of Christ. And I inherit them from the Lord. And I don't just inherit them in name. I take them and I use them and I live in them. And I live in them whether it is a season of activity or whether it is a season of waiting. What season are you in? Is God actively at work in your life and you can see it and you're just jumping for joy and it's just miracles everywhere? Or is it a quiet season where you're not really sure what is next? If it's a quiet waiting season, go to Psalm 37. Trust in the Lord. And as you trust, it will be indicated by doing good, dwelling in the land, and delighting in the Lord. And as you trust, rest. Stand still. Be quiet. Let him adjust you. Fret not. And then inherit from the Lord. Live in the promises that he has given us. I love that old hymn. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus. Just to take him at his word. Just to rest upon his promise. Just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I've proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. Thanks for joining me today. I pray that this for you is a word of joy.